All right, now I'm here. All right, now okay. what? Okay, do I sound, are we latent? <laughs> no, it sounds okay. All right, shit. I was going to say the, re- now? the reason why I, I don't use my MacBook anymore is because we went through like 60 or something episodes and this thing was just like roasting and it ended up warping the battery underneath. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Remember that? so you're now on a warped. Uh... <laughs> Dude, everything in this place is warped. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Oof. Oh, you know what? So like an hour and a half ago when we were trying to get this thing together, you were telling me you, <laughs> <laughs> about your setup, man. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. The microphone is weird um, where I've got it. I, I, I'm going to figure it out. I have a shelf coming, so that might play into uh, my setup. But uh, I've got dual monitors. They are not level, which is kind of driving me insane. Uh, I think I'm going to swi- swap out my monitor here with a monitor I use at work. They're both 27-inch 4K uhd monitors oh yeah so i'm hoping like one's an lg and one's a samsung but they look identical to me and i look at them all day so uh i think i'm gonna swap it out so that way the mount is in the middle of the monitor not at the top of the monitor like this one is and i think that'll do it but we'll see yeah i saw i thought what you were asking when you were showing us that picture uh was um, once I get this, is this, you know, I, I can't deal with how it looks now. This, <laughs> this is what I'm going to get. And then you said, no, this is what I have. <laughs> I thought, oh, so you have that mount and it's just the monitors are funky in the back. Correct. So that, the, that the, made they're sense. two That's different funny. monitors. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's terrible. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, okay. uh, you're, you're, uh, building your machine and it is, it is, how, how Frankenstein is it now? Is it like almost Frankenstein's monster at this point? Is it practically done? Yeah, I think I think the the machine is done. Um, I I installed a Black Magic card today and an M2 SSD uh, that will just handle the caches for my Adobe apps um, because the faster caching you have, the the less latency you have when you're working. So. Right. Uh, between that and the afterburner card I have in here for when I'm running ProRes stuff through Final Cut, I think we'll be good. Sick. But oh, right. But the microphone is far away right now, so it may be a little roomy. Oh dog. yeah, that's what you were saying. It was it'll be a little roomy. But I mean, for the most yeah. part, you're you're still happy with uh, with your new aesthetic. <laughs> this is Jimmy Eat Pod. Uh, I couldn't yes, wait to get. I, am. I couldn't wait to get to it. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. I'm I'm very happy with that. <laughs> we have a voicemail. You say we uh, we didn't. Okay, I was mistaken. It wasn't a voicemail. It was a text message ah. from our boy Matt Schlosser out in Ohio. And what Matt says is, it, there was actually a couple of uh, messages he left us. One on on uh, the 17th, and then a couple of days later, uh, it warms oh my, my heart to hear you guys mention the Libby app. I used to work oh, at yes. I used to work at Overdrive, the company that created it. They were my first job out of college. Literally the whole time leading up to the mention, I was thinking how I couldn't wait to read the book on Libby. That being Owen Meany. So tight. Yeah, and that's actually the the Overdrive app is what I use uh for the LA library. The LA County Library. So yeah, I used it's it's interesting that they are two different things because I can open my audiobooks on either OverDrive or Libby. OverDrive feels very outdated. Libby yeah. feels very modern. They literally run 
on the same infrastructure, uh-huh. as far as I can tell. And uh, Libby is just pretty uh, and like looks very modern. That yeah, I've never really. I, all I all I go into it to do to do is just click play and then bookmark a couple of things. And you're right, it does look it looks a little cl- not clunky, but you're right, dated. Uh, I just never had a, a need to to look for anything um, different. Maybe if it was a better interface, I might want to read uh, or listen to books more. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's great, and there's a widget for Libby where there's not for OverDrive. I don't think. Oh, okay. I just stopped using OverDrive, and then Hoopla is the LA Public Library thing where you can stream movies and music. Um, so between Hoopla, Libby, and OverDrive, you can get all kinds of free content from your local public library. Okay. And uh, the other thing that he wanted to say was uh, a couple of days later, he said, Hey, gents, the Goodbye Sky Harbor episode jogged my memory on something. On the Enhanced CD site for Bleed American, there were an assortment of live tracks you could listen to if memory serves. One of them was a performance of Goodbye Sky Harbor that I recall being excellent. Do either of you remember this, or am I not taking the right pills? <laughs> uh, no, and I think we were just trying to like kind of rush. We were trying to make it a long episode, but also not linger on all the versions that they played. But I believe that's the Live at La, live at La Scala version um, that I don't think we played on the episode. Um but I believe that's what it is. Either that or I always thought it was that one. So I just ignored it completely. Um, but yes, yeah. that is correct. I do believe that that had come up. Well, now I, I went and looked into this. I, I had some time before we were um, setting up tonight. And I went and looked. And there was one post from three months ago from B the G Trainer asking, Hey, I have the Bleed American Enhancity from 2001. The enhancement is a flash program that will provide you with a link to a secret site. So this takes you to either dreamworks.com forward slash jimmyworld.net forward slash secret or jimmyworld.com forward slash secret. Both seem to take you to the same page. And uh, this user did end up going through and checking the archive. And it does, it links back to the page where it uh, it effectively says, let me bring this up again. Ah, please insert your Bleed American CD into your CD drive and make sure you have cookies enabled on your browser or you can purchase the cd now and the link takes you to uh, a cdnow.com page and um it's a bummer though that it wasn't packaged on the cd because i remember I, I swear that when i popped in there is nothing left to lose from the foo fighters you could watch the video for learn to fly directly on the cd but this mm-hmm. one was reliant on jimmy world's website which now is down so i don't know unless somebody captured it Right, yeah. which I did for the Futures album. Right, uh, because you can run the Flash video in like a Flash emulator in Chrome. Right, um, and so I like captured the picture, but it still links you to a website that is no longer around. So yeah, so yeah, unfortunately, couldn't find anything on there, but it it could be live at La Scala there. I believe it is. Yeah, if anyone knows any uh, different, lastly, I mean, you can always cut four four J four four J Yeah, of course. Who can forget? Um, There were a couple deaths in the community uh, that I wanted to talk about. Uh, One of which is this guy, Steve Strange. In 2001, Jimmy Eat World met them. Uh, And this is what Jim wrote on uh, 
their tribute on their Instagram page. We met Steve Strange in 2001. It was a wild time for us to say the least. We were still just kids convinced we were getting away with something that you'd be crazy enough to let any of it go to your head, uh, which isn't entirely bad. But the flip side is sometimes you don't realize you are in a moment you need to really appreciate. Connections with people are gifts and kids don't know they should be paying close attention. Steve and his company busted ass to help us go from playing the London Club Garage to selling out Brixton Academy in less than a year's time. He helped us get on the Reading and Leeds Festival, which were legendary to us, uh, Desert Kids from Arizona. Coachella wasn't Coachella yet by a long shot, and there was nothing else we had previously done to compare. We certainly didn't know this was only the start. For 20 years, he has been in our big picture inner circle to plan each album's tour. We have had opportunities like playing in South Africa or supporting Green Day in Europe at a time when they were objectively the biggest rock band in the world. I mean, who really gets to do any of this stuff? Steve was deep in the mix on all of it and helping us. I have no words for how grateful we are or how much I appreciate the connection we built with Steve over the years. I can't write or think of his name now without instantly hearing his laugh in my head. When someone else mentions him, I have to stop myself from launching into an impression. Maybe a bad attempt at an impression, but seriously, it's almost Pavlovian. If you spent any time with him, you know what I'm talking about. He made that kind of impression on you. I don't think you have a I don't think I have a memory of him that hasn't been promoted over time to status level classic. There are so many great people in our lives now because of our relationship with him. It is such a loss on a wide scale that uh, to have this beacon of life to 11 gone. Our thoughts are with him and his family and friends everywhere. And uh, Zach says, perfectly said. Um, so yeah, Steve Strange. Yeah, Steve Strange. Uh, I believe from the UK. Uh, secondly, is this post from on the same day Zach posted, um, and here's what he's had to say about his buddy. One of my firmly held beliefs that I've discovered over time is that beginnings are very important. How something starts is a massive factor in the future result. Luckily for me, my experience as a beginning drummer was profoundly impacted by the teaching and encouragement of my first teacher, Nate Stifler. It's impossible to measure how much Nate's teaching and guidance has shaped me as the drummer I am today. He was my Miyagi, and that's not an exaggeration. He was really hard on me, but also encouraged me and filled me with tons of confidence. Sadly, I learned that Nate passed away yesterday. It's a devastating blow. I wish I could have told him one last time how grateful I am for his impact on my life. I'm so grateful he was able to visit me on tour a few times over the last few years. This is a picture from backstage at Jones Beach in 2019. Reach out to your mentors and let them know the impact they had on you. R.I.P. Nate. And uh, and yeah, it's just a I couldn't believe I was I, I thought I was like, oh, they posted like two different pictures of the same dude. It's just like within a day of each right. other. Right. Yeah. Two. I thought it was. Oh, that was just Steve Strange is is this Nate. Um, no, it, they were two different people. Yeah. So yeah, uh, just a bummer all around. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I we don't know how they passed, um, yeah. but I did want to bring up today uh, that a second family member of mine passed from uh, COVID uh, this past weekend. And uh, I just, we don't really even talk about it on the show all that much, 
But if we have any sort of platform and anybody's on the fence about getting vaccinated, um, I think the numbers now are 94% of the people that are passing away from COVID now are unvaccinated. And it's just, there's a solution on the table and people are just leaving uh, money on the table. So um, get vaccinated. It's not, it's not new anymore, (laughs) you know, and, uh, and the science speaks for itself. So there it is. And I don't even know if those are related, but uh, just, it was a big weekend for uh, deaths in sort of my circle. So um, it, uh, it, it just sort of hit home uh, seeing other people lose people. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, This, and this is a, this is some unfortunate placement on my part. I forgot that uh, Benjamin foot had also (laughs) submitted a comment. So we're going to bookend those series. Sure. Yeah, please. Uh, points with this. Uh, this was a comment that he left on Cars, the Cars episode. Oh, <laughs> let's see what uh, what Ben has to say. He started by saying, uh, "Every time I record a voicemail, it sounds like garbage." So here's my voice memo. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, Ben Foot here. Just finished listening to your episode on Cars slash Look at You. Really enjoyed that. Uh, I always love it when you guys break down a solid Tom song, which uh, they all are as a full-fledged Tom stan. <laughs> I was curious why you were referring to the original album as an EP. I think it's an LP. I think it's like their first solid uh, album. So I don't know if that was just a, a mental typo, but that is their first album. And I unironically love it. I unironically love Cars. And that's what, that would be my favorite song on that album. I have a quintessential Jimmy playlist on Spotify. And if the original LP, uh, the self-titled LP was on Spotify, I think Cars would be in that Spotify playlist. And uh, one other thing, you guys in your community portion of the episode, I don't want to toot my own horn, no pun intended, but I was a little like, <laughs> oh driving. man, they didn't get, uh, they didn't catch my, uh, my Twitter bio, um, which is a reference to the song. And it's also my favorite oh. thing. To comment on Jimmy World posts, I think I've done it a few times, specifically on members of the of the group's posts. I love to say, "Hey, now look at you, way cool, on time." <laughs> and uh, there was one in particular where I think Joy Linton, who is Tom's wife, had posted some plants that Tom had been working on over quarantine, and I commented, "Hey, now look at you, way cool, on time." But I spelled time like, you know, uh, the yeah, like herb and thought I was very, very clever. Anyway, got no reaction to that. She liked everyone else's posts, but not mine. So maybe that was uh, maybe that was a sore subject. But anyway, uh, keep rocking, guys. Congrats on episode 101. Hey, now, look at you. Way cool on time. Oh, right. ben. Catch you later. Thank you. Oh man. Uh, so it's funny. Like, so I'm looking, I'm trying to find his, uh, Twitter bio real quick. Go ahead. While you're doing that, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, clear that up. Yes. It was a mental typo. Um, I, there's the image 
the Jimmy World EP is the one that was released in 1998. The one that looks when I think when we were talking about it, it looks to me like like Santa Fe and like the Southwest. That whole um, that aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, the Jimmy World, the self titled album. That's yeah, that would be an LP since it's um, was it 13 yeah. 13 tracks. Or is it 10? Yeah, and, and my guess was that because it re- it appeared on the 1234 EP and the Jimmy World LP, it's very possible that, I mean, I don't remember who said what, um, but my guess was if it were me, very much like I was, you know, I especially the last couple of weeks, I'm just like dead to the world. Yeah. Um, so I very much could have just conflated like, oh, the LP and the EP um, and the demo and the released version. So, yeah. Uh, our apologies and thank you for being on top of us, Benfoot. Yeah, yeah, thanks, <laughs> um, man. <laughs> uh, and thank you for bookmarking this opening housekeeping segment. Yes. Um. So, anything else before we jump in? No, no, I believe that was it. The song is your new aesthetic from Clarity, but also the self-titled Ten Inch and the Lucky Denverment two thousand one maxi single, mm. uh, which was random. <laughs> Uh, and uh, the Lucky Denverment 2001 maxi single came out in Europe, um, and it had Lucky Denverment, A Sunday, and Your New Aesthetic, um, which is uh, super random. And it should be mentioned that on the self-titled 10-inch, the uh, the uh, 1998 Jimmy Eat World EP, yes. not LP, um, that it w- they they posted the demo on that release. Uh, so you got Lucky Denver Mint, For Me This Is Heaven, both the same version that ended up on Clarity, then your new aesthetic demo with all the original lyrics, then Softer, and then Roller Queen. Yeah. Um, so just kind of a trip. Uh, that, I, you know, was that song just not done yet? or uh, It sounds so I, different, though. That demo is, I yeah, had no idea we'll they were even it. I think it sounds more like a Sunday so it's interesting yeah. that on that maxi single, they included both a Sunday and your new aesthetic. Um, right. And when we listen to the demo specifically in the bridge, you can almost say you can almost sing the lyrics to a Sunday. <laughs> um, the haze clears from your eyes on a Sunday. So what's interesting is on across those three releases, this was always track number three. Hmm. Um, which is cool. So the uh, 10 inch came out February 14th, 98. The uh, Clarity came out February 23rd, 99, so only two months and a week later. Uh, produced by Mark Trombino, recorded at Sound City and Clear Lake Audio, written by Jimmy Eat World. The band is Jimmy Eat World. Singer is Jim, featuring Jim Atkins on the Farfisa again, which we discussed on Goodbye Sky Harbor. So I pulled up a video of a Farfisa. I, I don't know, we might have done this before for another song, but I wanted to listen to this. Arlenaria Farfisa 5 or V tutorial. Okay. Um, I'll play this and watch together. The Farfisa V is a model of the classic Farfisa Compact Deluxe Organ with some added features from the Compact Duo. The Farfisa this organs definitely looks like something from your grandma's house. Oh, yeah. Well into the 80s. Let's check out some of the classic settings. With the key range switch, we can set the octaves for the bass sound. The red LEDs indicate which octaves are selected. We 
can also turn the bass section off, leaving the whole keyboard for the upper section. So is he controlling that from that? A sharp or a soft sound for the bass. So what we're seeing is an overhead shot of the Farfisa, but the keys are playing by the by themselves like a player piano, and he's playing on like a modern keyboard. So is he articulating the Farfisa from that other keyboard? That's interesting. Well, that looks and like one of those. Length of the decay. You know, like a like a VST. Uh, you know the application they make it. Look, oh, like a v yeah VST plugin. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what he's running over there. I see. Vibrato section, we can turn vibrato <laughs> I was on easily fooled. And select the rate and amount. We also have a reverb on off button. In a few moments, we'll see how to select different reverbs. We can choose if we want the tremolo on or off and adjust the rate. If we're working with a host, we can also press the sync button to synchronize Farfisa V's tremolo with the host. Repeat and percussion section on-off switch enables or disables the upper key percussive envelope. The multi-tone section <laughs> lets you select the harmonics. So a very diverse instrument. Yes. Um, and I feel like we mentioned it enough times that I just don't remember ever watching a video about it. So there it is. Thanks, man. Um, this is interesting. The self-titled 10-inch came out on Field by Ramen. And I found a 2015 BuzzFeed article that mentions this release in particular. Field by Ramen had its first major success when it issued the 1998 self-titled EP from an upstart group of Arizona kids named Jimmy Eat World. It sold enough for the still fresh-faced label to buy its first office space in Tampa and served as a sign of things to come. So, very cool that they were on Fuel by Ramen for that one release yeah. and then uh, released uh, Clarity on Capital. Notable high note on the demo is G-sharp 4, whereas the Clarity release has G4 and F-sharp 4. And notable low notes, only the Clarity is listed at D3 and B2. Uh, and we have a demo for this, which has its own set of lyrics, and I think sounds a lot like a Sunday. Uh, it is their number 22 most played songs at uh, number 200 or at 217 times. And the most they ever played it was in 2013. They played it 57 times. The first time, according to uh, setlist.fm, was March 25th, 98 at Mister's Warehouse in Orlando, Florida. And, uh, most recently, they played it for the Phoenix Sessions uh, for Clarity February 12th, 2021 at the Ice House. Uh, it has 124,000 listeners on uh, Last FM, 599.3 thousand Scrabbles, 32 of which are me. <laughs> um, it is a B minor key, a 10A Camelot, 165 BPM, 2 minutes and 41 second duration. Shall we get into lyrics Justin. Let's do it. But first, let me quiz you. This is a pretty simple quiz. If you've listened to this album, uh, then I think you, we're all going to be on the same page here. What is the first thing that goes through your mind when you hear this? <laughs> <laughs> <All> right? 
lowering the standards. I will never. I think we did that on that episode too. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it did actually. I let it go for a little bit further. I, it, I, I'll never not hear it. And so, never. <laughs> that takes us right into our lyrics. So, for those the uh, that don't know, I mean, aesthetic is essentially we're saying your new your new look, your new aesthetic, as far as the title is concerned. And I think that does definitely play into the the lyrics here. We start off with... Oh, and mm-hmm. I pulled the lyrics from the archived version of the website. So this is what the band had posted to their website in 2000. Oh, so you have fact-checking for when I go through this? I'm just interested to see. I assume, where did you get yours? Genius? Uh, genius, yeah. Okay, so I'm just interested to see how they compare, if anybody took liberties or anything. Okay. All right, so verse one, we start off with, we're lowering the standard in a process selective the formula's too thin. Man, it's a lot of big words there. We're lowering the standard in a process selective. The formula's too thin. And it, Can I, you play the beginning of the song? I've never heard him say we're. Me neither. All right, here it is. Okay. Kind oh of my it. God, he says we're low. it. We're lower. We're lower. <laughs> Shit. That's not as fun as saying lowering. <laughs> you got to take a breath instead of we're. Yeah, one more time. Lower. Wow, he fucking says it. <laughs> it's more of a we, but, you know, I, I think yeah. <laughs> written out, yeah, it makes sense. We're lowering the standard in a process selective. The formula is too thin. Uh, and, the, and Jim singing, the base level of quality is being lowered. Whatever they've been using, whatever this formula is, is no longer working. It's, it's, it's far too thin. It's, it's lost its potency. But it takes more than one person. So everyone jump on, I'll miss you when you're just like them. And I think they're referring to, in this case, the bandwagon. And yeah, of course, yeah. To me, it sounds like they're trying to become independent, and they're say, saying farewell to those that, that stuck with being one of the other, the normies, going with the status quo. And it's, maybe we'll have a little bit more of, of this uh, as we get deeper into the lyrics, but... Jim's almost foreshadowing, like, if, if you don't take a risk, you're just going to either be forgotten or you're not going to you're not going to be interested in the industry anymore. Whatever's going to happen, uh, it's it's not going to benefit you in the future. So I think that's what they're saying is that uh, is that they're trying to insinuate that they're going to by missing them. They're moving on their own way. So then we get into what's labeled as a pre-chorus here. Uh these are some real underneath this. Zach's got some sweet Tom work in there. Doopy, doopy, yeah. God, dude. So imitate and water down. Selection breathes on its own. And the selection breathes on its own. That's uh, Tom, I believe, singing that in the background. Or is it Jim re-recorded? But it's it's mm. it's parenthetical. Overlapping a little bit. What's that? Yeah. I was gonna say it's, I was gonna say overlapping, but that's not the right word. It's it's yeah, yeah. more of a it's a different quality. Yes, it is. It's definitely got like uh, a, a different effect on it. So imitate and water down. Selection breathes on its own. Uh, and and they're saying here, copy and be just like the rest. The select few are able to breathe on their own without assistance. So they're just talking about watering down the formula is going to continue to be watered down the industry is going to continue to be watered down but selection breathes on its own and th- those select few are the ones that uh that end up right i always thought it was breeds on its own yes like you're breeding selection. dogs selection 
It does kind of sound like breeds. Selection breeds on its own. Uh, before the crash, I'll write it out. Selection breathes on its own. Uh, and I think uh, before the crash, I'll write it out. I think he's referring to song lyrics and before the crash of like music genres. Uh, uh-huh. Before the crash that is bound to occur, I'll write it out. And not necessarily like write it out like I'm going R-I-D-E, which if you didn't have the lyric sheet in front of you, I have it written out as L. I thought it was ride. Yeah, yeah. like I'm going to ride this out. Yeah, W-R-I-T-E. So I'll write it out. That's what they wrote on their website too. Yeah, and I think it's just a record of... Like this, like a song like this, where they're they're just True. making it apparent, yeah, of what the climate is like in the record industry, and kind of a cool line that they've used in other songs here, uh, in one way or another. Make them open the request line. Let selection kill the old. Take back the radio, and I think they're just saying make the people, the fans, want to play your stuff on the radio, or I'm sorry, make make the people that are the DJ. Or the people that are heading up the radio station, make them want to play this stuff that's not a top 40 hit. Request these deep cuts. Request the stuff that's like the indie music that's uh, that's up and coming but just doesn't get the play because, um, you know, Belle Bib DeVoe has is, is got some kind of hot crack <laughs> going on. So I think that's what they're saying about taking back the radio. Let selection kill the old, the select few that kill the old... Um, the old music. The old guard? Yeah, the old yeah. guard. The ones that they, the classics that they keep playing over and over again. Uh, and then we go into verse two here. I remember back then thinking, easy comes but doesn't stay. What comes easy never stays. Uh, I remember back then thinking, easy comes but doesn't stay. What comes easy yeah. never stays. If you don't work hard, it'll slip away. And this is an ethic of that whole DIY culture of, of musicians that are kind of funding themselves, doing what needs to be done getting their name out there, handing out pamphlets, you know, telling friends. Uh, it's just kind of uh, harking back on that. Uh, if there's no investment, maybe you won't care for it and you'll let it go. Like it was never anything to begin with. We were talking about, was it last week we were talking about Mitch that just kind of like didn't really, wasn't really <laughs> completely. He got as much as he was going to get out of the band. Give yeah. Rick the writing credit on the old stuff. Right. And, and maybe that wasn't the case, but. For whatever reason, either he wasn't fully invested or or the band thought, okay, maybe you should move on and do you go on your mission like you planned, and we're just gonna keep doing the rock thing and hook us hook, you know, we're gonna get hooked up with Rick, Rick here, Ricky Birch. Um, second half of the verse, uh, but the politics need means and business never leaves. You better sing now while you can. Better sing now, better sing now while you can. So you might be one of the unlucky ones, the ones who don't make it or get brushed aside. Take advantage of the ride now while you can. Uh, the politics need, that's a cool line, but the politics need means. So they need to be able to justify their political decisions of what bands make it and what don't. You know, when they get, when uh, Jimmy World was sort of <laughs> tossed by the wayside, when they, they only sold a few thousand yep. records and Capitol's like, eh, I'm sorry, you know, you're, you're, uh, your old news guys, we're gonna go with this other band. Um, you know, they had the the justification to do it. We did. They didn't sell anything. The the band was given a record contract far too early in their career. They, it just didn't work out. Uh, and the business never leaves. So take advantage of it. If you're not gonna make it, might as well take advantage of it while you can. Uh, and then the pre-chorus again. And then the only different lyrics from that point on are the chorus. And I love how they do this. So they've got verse one, then a pre-chorus. That's what I've labeled as a pre-chorus. Then a verse two. 
and then that repetition, that pre-chorus again, and then the chorus yeah. comes in, and it's this the last third of the song, and it's this long drawn out where uh, Jim uh, says, "Sing now while you can, while you can. Sing now while you can, while you can. And if you're passionate about this, put your heart into it and sing while you have the opportunity. There's really no other way around it. You're either going to make it in the industry or you're not. Um, so why not just sing now while you can?" So put, you put your heart into it. And if you make something of it, great. Uh, and if you don't, at least you had your 15 minutes of fame when you were, uh, you know, when people were coming to your shows. Yep. So that, that's, and that's really it as far as the lyrics go. Uh, sonically, it's a, it's a very, it's a hard song from the beginning. I mean, you like a first. So good. Two seconds you get into the lyrics. We're lowering the standards in a process selective to that whole. By the time you realize you're in the chorus, it's like the song's almost over. What's the length of time on this song? Two minutes and 40 seconds. 241, yeah. yeah. It's so short. So it's like it hits you like a ton of bricks right after. Yeah. You know, right after and I that love that swirling, like. Yes. Yes. Like right at the end of that. Like that's sort of like the chorus in the middle of the song. Like it's the post post pre-chorus is what it is. <laughs> right. And then you go into believe in what you want, which is that it's just straight to a drum. Booga. So, yeah, it's like this flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah. In between Lucky Denver Mint and Believe in What You Want, that it's it's kind of like, what did I just listen to right there? What was that song called? Yeah, you know where I think we did this is uh, that that transition was when we were doing the fall albums last year. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so sign up at patreon.com slash Pod if you want to hear us uh uh, uh, do listen alongs to three of the most quintessentially fall Jimmy yes. World albums and then a follow up episode where we talk about <laughs> wh- which one and wh- how we got there scientifically. Right. <laughs> so now that is that set of lyrics. Yes. The official release. Let's look at the demo lyrics. Okay. Um, and should we listen to the demo? Yes. So uh, I feel like most people will know the released version of the song. Let's listen to the original version of the song. Do you have a link uh, no, ready-ish to go? No, I don't. Can you? I, if sure I can't can. get there first, then. Oh, wait, you know what? We should. No, nah, it doesn't matter. I don't need to see it. You're quick. I was going to load it, load one up and uh, watch together. And I said, you know what? I don't need to see yeah, <laughs> the right. artwork on something. <laughs> um, and uh, we can listen. I, I do want. I do want to hear. Ah, well, let's listen to the whole thing because I want to. I want to hear the 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 bridge too. Okay. Here we go. For your time, it's written out. Work means on a Sunday. (laughs) On a Sunday. hear it in there right yeah 
just needs that little xylophone. The drum sounds so good in this. I love how tight they sound. Yes, you're right about the drums, man. Yeah, right. I don't know if we give. Uh, so Zach get this. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna read. Uh, oh, let's look at the lyrics real quick, and then I'll yes. go back to this, this idea. For your time, it's written out. Work means nothing by itself. These lyrics don't appear anywhere in the original or in the released final master version. Where, where are you seeing those? This is the. These are the demo lyrics. For oh, your okay. time, it's written out. Work means nothing by itself. But the sentiment is there. Right. Work means nothing by itself. Yeah, it's it, it again, it, it's going back to that um uh, where is that line there? Um yeah, I remember back then thinking easy comes but doesn't stay. What comes easy never stays. Yes. You know, you gotta work hard to to earn earn your keep in this business. Yeah. <laughs> Regulators. Mount up. <laughs> <laughs> so then the selection kills the old. Selection, selection kills the old. Selection, selection breathes on its own. On its own. That's in there, yeah. And then you got, these days are numbered. I can tell. So until the crash, I'll write you down. Down. Oh. So here's the, the, the uh, a parallel. Uh, and how we confirm that it is right, not right, ride it out. Because the demo lyric says, I'll write you down, down. And then selection, selection kills the old. Then sing while you can, now, while you can, a zillion times. And then selection, selection, selection kills the old. Uh, so this, it, 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 I don't think I've ever been able to write two so 
disparate songs <laughs> and consider them to be the same thing. And so I did jump over to the Clarity track by track, and we will read the Your New Aesthetic entry in a minute. But here's what they said about A Sunday, Zach. The key to this song was making the choruses more soft and intimate compared to the verses. It wasn't until we made that adjustment did the song really come together nicely. A Sunday is still one of our more successful attempts at capturing a song on a recording. It just really translated well on tape. No mention of your new aesthetic or the demo. Jim, we started recording Clarity at Sound City in Van Nuys. We had good luck doing drums for Static there, so we decided to try it again. Sunday has one of my favorite drum sounds. Slower tempo and low overdub count let the drums breathe. You can hear why the big room is the expensive room. I think that is a Sylvia Massey B3 organ we borrowed for an afternoon. This is also where Mark showed us the program Rebirth. For a while, we wasted many, many hours tweaking the lame beat vortex, convinced it might just be the right thing for certain parts of other songs. So again, no mention of your new aesthetic there uh-huh. or how it came from the demo. But it's just, it, it's, it has too many similar aspects. Now, is it possible that they did write them as two separate songs? They're like, I don't know, man, this song is way too close to the other one. Or was it just never a thing and I'm making a mountain out of a molehill? I, I do not know. But uh, I found it that they were very close. Which track did we just do that was off of the Trombino Sessions that was just off of Futures that um, I threw into the Discord in their mashup that um, it's just, it was basically Pain. They replaced Pain. It sounded too much like it, so they ended up leaving that one out. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's it's in here. I'm going to find it. So it's Pain and You. Sparkle? No, it was oh, you. Oh, okay, you. Pain and you. But that's one where they, they nixed it. They just they kind of gave, gave it the axe and kept it off. This one, I felt like, yeah, you could, you could easily mix them up. But they're like, let's just throw it in. I mean, I can't right. think of any other reason why. Because <laughs> later in their years, I mean, they've, uh, they made the exec- executive decision to just cut, that, uh, cut those ones that were too similar out. I can't believe, dude, we did you way back in episode 65. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, and I was uh, I, I, because they had the the futures ex- extended that extended or or the uh, the enhanced whatever it is the 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 expanded uh, version. Uh, I was able to listen to pa- or I'm sorry, you again, and listening to it reminded me just how much it sounded like pain. So then I went to rave DJ and put them both in, and it immediately went to my my pre you know the pre saved one that I had from however many forty something episodes ago. And I put that into the into the uh, the mashups, yeah, uh, a channel just to kind of get that in there because I forgot. I think it's like after these, there's some good ones that we have that I forget to add yeah. to that, and so yeah, this totally. is one of those that. But yeah, had had they not given that uh, the uh, deluxe version of that uh, album, I, I would have forgotten about it completely. It's just too similar to Pain. <sighs> totally. So here is the blurb from the archived version of the website that they wrote about Clarity. I've been going back through these. I know I've probably mentioned them in the past, but they're fun to revisit. This is our newest written, in quotes, album 
clarity in quotes. It was released on February 23rd, 1999 and will be our last album of the millennium. It has 13 tracks and is a little over an hour long. It was produced by Mark Trombino and us, and it was a blast to make. We are very happy with how it came out and we hope you all like it. If you don't really know much about us and you're interested in buying something of ours, we recommend that you start with this release. The compact disc was released by Capitol Records, and the double LP was released by Big Wheel Recreation from Boston, Massachusetts. It is the most musical of all our releases and includes string arrangements, mallet Mm. percussion, drum machines, loops, piano, and a bunch of other stuff. Enjoy, says the Clarity Blurb on the band's own early website. Then there was this cool Wikipedia blurb. Um, Eh, it's actually going to include a bunch of stuff from the, uh, um, oh, where is it? Uh, uh, from the 10-year anniversary, so I'll just read that. Okay. So here is, from the Clarity Retrospective, what they said about your new aesthetic. Zach says, This song went through a lot of changes in the writing process. It started out as a very mellow track with the same lyrical theme, but then evolved into a more aggressive dark rock song. In an odd way, your new aesthetic is sort of a companion song, to table for glasses in that it holds a similar kind of tension during the first half of the song and then opens up to a much larger, wider sound for the second half. Jim says the rock version you hear on clarity was called skeleton for a while because the loud guitar parts in between the verses, that part reminded us of horror film music. (laughs) Like when the shower curtain gets pulled back and you see the knife for the first time, it had a completely different lyrics. I started to lay down the vocals and decided they could be better, so I scrapped the whole thing and adapted lyrics from the mellow version. You can now you can hear how the original Your New Aesthetic sounded on the self-titled EP that Fueled by Ramen released. So there's the band talking about yeah. it. Um, before I go on, you got any other track notes? Um, I don't have any track notes. I got a couple of, uh, I got some videos uh, from the band when you when we get to that point. But no, no more uh, track notes for me. Oh, okay. So here's what Chip Midnight uh, got from. I believe he is interviewing Tom um, back in '99. My favorites change day to day, says Chip. I'm really digging the new version of your new aesthetic. I didn't recognize it the first time I heard it after hearing the version from the EP. Tom says, you were like, what the hell? We'll probably be playing that live. Why did you decide to record two very different versions of that song? That's actually a question you're going to have to ask Jim. I'm not really sure about that. (laughs) So. (laughs) Pass the book. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, that's the Chip Midnight blurb. Ah, this is interesting. Uproxx posted some quintessential jimmy eat world song list and there's a couple blurbs that mention your new aesthetic they don't have it in that list of songs but they mention it a lot in here so uh number 23 on their list was cautioners from bleed american while it lacks the experimental reputation of its predecessor in many ways bleed american refined the advancements of clarity for use in form-fitting pop structure isn't the palm-muted riff of the middle really just a major third's take on the palm-muted riff of your new aesthetic, which itself was a tighter version of the one on Rockstar? So I was like, oh my god, what? this is like a Russian nesting <laughs> yeah, doll no of, uh, of <laughs> comparisons. <does> <laughs> so uh, I, 
yeah, I guess. Like, I guess if you played the beginning of the middle and the beginning of your new aesthetic, the first few chugs do sound similar, I guess. But I don't know. I, I can't think of Rockstar. Is that the one? Um... I don't know. That sounds like punk rock princess to me, princess to me by Andrew McMahon. <laughs> well, when you did that, uh, let's um, see. Well, here, let's just see what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do 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 do. So, yeah, but it's the same band. I mean, you can make these parallels, but you know what I mean. It's like you're kind of expecting that from a band that writes. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. Totally. So here's another blurb from that same Uproxx article. I don't think anybody was questioning Jimmy Eat World's punk credentials after Clarity. It's hard to be called a sellout for making an album that got you dropped, and their aggression never felt entirely convincing, even on your new aesthetic. But Bleed American has a multi-layered statement of intent, a band no longer content to be uh, coal for someone else's machinery, a celebration and a protest suitable for a picket line or a parade. Uh. So having fun <laughs> with their uh, copy there. Yeah. Um, here's a blurb from Consequence of Sound, which we bring up all the time. They basically went uh, album by album from the, yeah, the 94 self-titled all the way up to Surviving. And they talk about songs from that. And here's what they said where they mentioned your new aesthetic. The Verdict. Like fine, this is on clarity. Like fine wine or good whiskey, the profile of this album only got better with time. Written by a bunch of ambitious 20 somethings with their hearts on their sleeves, songs range from winding melodies of young romance in Just Watch the Fireworks to hard hitting social commentary in your new aesthetic. It saw minimal success at the time, mainly coming from that Barrymore vehicle, but fans clung to its openness and scope, and eventually the critics caught on. In retrospect, the album is a classic, glorious in the risks it takes, the craft it was formed with, and yes, it's through and through emotionalism. So that is from Consequence of Sound, where they call your new aesthetic a hard-hitting social commentary track. This was funny. I went to the uh, ASCAP website, uh-huh. and Fueled by Ramen is listed as a performer of the song. So somebody entered their metadata <laughs> incorrectly. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Um, ah, I went to the old site um, and went to the old forums on the old site, which are uh, how are you able to see that? Grounds. Um, well, I can that- go. I can get to the root. Of the bbs.gmail.com. Oh, yeah, you're right. So you, you can see what, like, the uh, the title and then, some like, an excerpt or something? Correct. And if I mouse over in the right spot, you'll get a preview of a post or two. But anyway, in uh, they have a bunch of headers, fans of the band, the band, the tours of the band, miscellaneous, and web. And under miscellaneous, there are as random trash, other bands, musicians place... And your new aesthetic. Post your Jimmy, non-Jimmy photos here. So uh, that is uh, that's a place where people would post selfies and stuff in the forums and stuff like that. But they called the form the the forum mm, channel your new aesthetic or whatever your Ever. new aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach loves playing this song. Uh, I believe we've mentioned this tweet in the past, but August fourth, twenty twelve. 
Uh, Zach says, whenever I hear someone say namaste, I immediately think of Eddie Pettipone, and he posts a YouTube link that's not safe for work. Miles Wernz says, revisited some old Jimmy World today. Zach, what are your favorite five songs to drum? So this is in 2012. But Zach uh, replies, goodbye, Sky Harbor. Cautioners, evidence, your new aesthetic disintegration. So that was, I mean, nine years old now. Right. And but. now I think now would be a good time. Do you mind if I pop in the uh, the drum cam from one of their... That's That was my last little track note bit. Okay. I got it queued up. Do you want me to wait yeah. or... Nope. Play All it. right. Here we go. <laughs> Sound check, Las Vegas, play man oh yeah man it's crazy too because it sounds like he's behind because we're hearing the band echo off of the back wall of the venue before it hits the drum mics so that's why zach wears these in-ear monitors so they're all on the same click Look at Rick in his Hawaiian shirt. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, he's making this kid shake. Oh, yeah. Does Zach usually have the wire go in front of his body? Oh, no. Yeah, this must just... I imagine it's probably taped to. Yeah, Showtime, he probably runs it up the back of his shirt. Yeah. (laughs) They just stopped? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) God, so so tight. To be there, though. So close. (laughs) I want to be to there. Um, So there's a couple last things. You ever work, especially like in a corporate environment, where all of a sudden there's this like internal lingo that starts to happen and everybody starts using the same words or phrases and you're like, what? Why are we all saying this word all of a sudden? (laughs) Um, Sure. It was that way. It felt like with a producer I worked with and he would always talk about the aesthetic of things 
and like so much so that it was like uh you know indigo mantoya dot gif like i don't think that one is what you think it means yeah um because he would say it appropriately sometimes and other times you're like i i don't think i don't i i kind of follow what you mean but that's not what that word means so the word aesthetic always reminds me of uh that producer that would always talk about the aesthetics of of things (laughs) i can't pull one out uh, a specific example uh, of a prior workplace but i do know that ever since we started the podcast i have been using the word apropos instead of appropriate oh, oh yeah <laughs> uh not too much though because i don't want to come off like why is this guy using apropos it, it doesn't <laughs> apropos seem apropos that he's using it at this moment in time um but i do know what you mean and then but it's worse when uh when your boss yeah they use it incorrectly <laughs> yeah my newest one is uh is uh hearing that somebody's out of pocket oh i'm gonna be out of pocket all afternoon I'm like You'd just be Wait. unavailable? Or what does that mean? <laughs> like, you're going to, what? <laughs> and you just got to go along with it because it's like, it's not worth me having this conversation with oh, them. Oh, yeah. But, right. Um, and you know what? I, I hope that you've, I think you have in the past, you've, you've corrected me. I'm terrible with uh, with like idioms and, and um, certain phrases. Sure, yeah. Oh, so bad. <laughs> oh, I don't like to be the correcting guy, so... Anybody actually. please correct me on things. Yeah, Bigfoot over here talking about, uh, actually, the self-titled release was an LP, and then 1998, they released okay. an EP that was self-titled, and then after 9-11, they changed Bleed American to also self-titled, which negated 1994, but then... <laughs> well, even in saying it last or a couple of weeks ago, when I said EP, I thought, no, this is wrong. Well, you assume you're the one that said it. There's two of us, and I know, but I know I said it because after I had said it, I might have said it a couple of times, and I was just leaning into it at that point. I was like, I'm just going to call it the EP for the rest of this episode. You know, how dare I not stop you? (laughs) But thank you, Ben, for calling me out, man. It was it was a good call out. (laughs) Speaking of Ben, (laughs) and we'll get to that. I was watching uh-huh. um, because now I'm working in the living room. I'm like, oh, like I, I kind of got to figure out my workflow. Let me put some TV on. And uh, I was like, I want something on in the background that I don't need to really pay attention to. And have you seen the show The Goldbergs? I watched a few episodes. Yeah, it's on ABC. I love that show. I do not keep up with it. I don't watch anything that's out right now. Uh, pretty much. Although we are watching Midnight Mass on Netflix right now, which is pretty good. It's from the same people that did The Bly Manor and the hill house um, spooky uh, shows yeah so elliot's in it and all the same cast it's like the ryan murphy of netflix is this guy (laughs) mike flanagan anyway the goldbergs terrific show set in the 80s it's just 80s nostalgia porn like none of the references make sense linearly time-wise but the show has a learning linear storyline so anyway there's a uh, an episode where the kids are starting their new year at school and uh <laughs> um adam the youngest son uh who by the way his name is adam f goldberg and everybody says why do you have to say f and he's like oh because there's another kid at school with the same name as me and i don't want there to be marketplace confusion because <laughs> there's the hebrew hammer adam goldberg and there's a creator of the show whose name is Adam F. Goldberg. Oh, yeah. And he has to do it because Adam <laughs> Goldberg is already in SAG. And so anyway, it's a great inside runner on the show. And he's talking with his friends about how he's reinvented himself to be Judd Nelson's badass character. But then his friend also reinvented himself to be badass like Bruce Lee. And his other friend reinvented himself to be some other type of badass. He's like, we can't just reinvent ourselves. Anyway, it got me thinking of... 
I always think of your new aesthetic being that like coming back, going, going to school and you've reinvented yourself over the break. And so I posed the question in the Facebook group, which may be my new go-to thing. Cause I, I save so much time not going searching for you, your new aesthetic stuff. So right. I say, I say seven hours ago, I says, the title, Your New Aesthetic, makes me think of that summer you decided to change your whole image and show up to school as a new you. Got any embarrassing stories that you want to share? I remember the summer I discovered I could part my hair down the middle. This was in the 90s. I felt like I was on top of the world. Then there was the summer I discovered pop punk and spiked my hair. Again, couldn't be touched. <laughs> I'm not saying we're recording this episode tonight, but feel free to share anytime in the next couple hours. And we got seven comments. Yeah. Uh, Maven E. Avila says, yes. Yeah, so this is from the summer when I was 17. Up to this point, I didn't really have a discernible fashion sense because I had those strict kind of parents that controlled what I wore. And that becomes a theme, by the way, <laughs> in this thread. Um but now I was 17 and I didn't live with mom and I was going to be rebellious and I could do whatever I want. So I did whatever this look is <laughs> and it's great. And I'm so like the fact that he shared this in the group is terrific. <laughs> and I love people that can have a sense of humor oh, about themselves. Uh, oh I need goodness. to find I need to find some great new aesthetic uh, pictures of me. Those are blonde um, bangs and then black on the sides. It's like a skunk look. Yeah. And then like sleeveless scrubs yeah. with a purple shirt. That's button. a look, I, man. I, yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Kate Fontaine says, uh, that's the I cut and dyed my own hair during COVID meets Cobra Kai student <laughs> look. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay. So next, Jenna Batty King says, I got suspended from school on the first day back from summer holidays for dyeing my hair blonde. Oh, so rebellious. <laughs> they wouldn't let me back into school until I covered it. Uh, but I ended up going full orange when I tried to dye it back to brown. <laughs> on my last day of school, as my last act of defiance, I dyed it black with purple streaks. It's been an array of colors since, and I never seemed to stay in one style of hair slash clothes for long. So my aesthetic changes all the time. <laughs> Love it. Michael Crisp says... I was in a band that decided to do an at-the-drive-in tribute show when I was a senior in high school in 2004 or 2005. We all went to the local Maurice's to get girl pants, and I was a size 6. Those were the most comfortable pants I ever owned and finally understood why those bands did that. Killed the show, <laughs> and the rest is history. So love it. Uh, there was a girl that was in my high school. She was in a class lower than me. Uh, uh she was class of 2003, I think. And she had these jeans and it was crazy. Cause I would talk to her about them. She had jeans that she would buy. And then the whole like workflow to get the jeans ready was that you would put them on and then get into the bathtub and let them shrink around ah. your body. And then they would dry out and then they'd be ready to wear. And I was so fascinated by that. And I never did any research beyond this one conversation we had in like Spanish too, but I, <laughs> I always thought that was so cool. <laughs> I wonder how common that was. That's wild. Yeah, man. She, I, we would always talk about fashion for some reason because I think I thought it was all silly. Yeah. Um, because I was punk, not, <laughs> not at all following all the fashions that Mark and Tom wore. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. 
Uh, all right, here is Carly Pratt, who we've talked about on the pod before. My high school days in the 90s morphed from grunge to skater. Just the look, no skateboard, to hippie. Lots of hair colors. It was all embarrassing. However, a guy in my class did have a drastic change our senior year. His whole life, he dressed super nerdy and not in a good way. Not to be mean. Anyway, senior year, he showed up on the first day in black furry pants, a black tank with a black mesh shirt over, black boots, and a oh, spiked damn. choker. Possibly some eyeliner. Smiley face. Um, yeah, we, we definitely had people that like just were like, like we definitely had strange subgroups. Like yep. we went to high school around the same time. Did you have greasers at your school? And did you have rave kids that would like walk around with like uh, um, uh, pacifiers on their Definitely on had that. I can't, I don't yeah. remember distinctly there being like a greaser style. We had, I think we probably had this, the same different little subgroups. So we had... Um, there was like the goth kids. There were the surfer kids. Yeah. There were, yeah, all of those were pretty much, uh, there was at least one or two groups that we would pass by on our way to the lunch area. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. I loved high school. I would do yeah. it again just because it was so amusing. Like what were we doing? Everyone trying to make, be something that they're not. Yeah. 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 There was a girl that showed up and wore no pants. Uh, no, no, she wore pants. Um, no shoes, no socks, like just bare feet at school. At Hollywood High School. <laughs> and, like, I think she took the subway to school. Like, Jeez. Just, I don't know why. And they weren't dirty people. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, a wild time, man. All right. Lauren Camarillo says, well, I couldn't really cut my hair. I have natural, wavy, incredibly thick, coarse hair. So cutting my hair short means it turns into a giant pyramid. I never made that mistake in my very young childhood. Never again. But I often dyed my hair different colors. I think once I was going for a deep purple maroon and my sister, my mom, and I all forgot to set a timer and set about doing our own things while the dye was in my hair. Fast forward maybe 30 to 40 minutes later and what should have been a gorgeous shade of maroon turned into a bluish silver black color and people thought i was trying to purposely be like morticia adams with the hair that coupled with the fact that i used to wear bondage trousers and crop tops led my friends randomly calling me morticia i think i may have dyed it different color soon after uh school started because i got tired of friends calling me morticia don't get me wrong i love that i'm family but nicknames have a way of sticking with me through life and i really didn't want to give strangers the wrong impression about me it says Lauren Camarillo. Let me see. Oh, she's got like a uh, Powerpuff Girls style uh, uh, profile photo. Uh, and finally, bringing it back, like I said, Ben Foot. I sported a middle part back in 2007 for about three days before I got laughed out of a room. <laughs> Honestly, I was ahead of my time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Because I was, I was rocking the parted down the middle look 10 years prior to that. Well, I so I have like I have very coarse hair and I had two friends that were they had that very um, it's kind of like the, the hair that what skaters would wear parted down the middle, but they could they could kind of clip it underneath. So it sat yeah. on top of the side. So I asked my oh, barber man, for that, that was the best feeling. Too. And, he, yeah. and he goes, he goes, um, we can do this. It's called a step cut. I don't know how it's going to look on you. So he trimmed me. <laughs> and it's like, I look like a mushroom. Because it's just my hair didn't fall down. <laughs> and he goes, I went That's underneath so it. And I went, this That's... is cool, man. But, you know, I was always trying to, and, you know, talking about what were we doing. I was always chasing some 
I would, I would, I wouldn't go full bore into it. I would try it, and then it didn't work out, and I'd go back to the Bugle Boy corduroys and uh, <laughs> you know, and, and striped uh, collared shirt. Yeah. So, yeah, I unfortunately got more stylish as uh, as I, once I got out of high school. So. I definitely had the step cut. And it was the best when you had a fresh cut and then you wash your hair and part it down the middle because it would hang down and like tickle the the yeah, sides like yeah. above your ear, like the shaved sides. Oh, it was the best. <laughs> See, I didn't know that that felt like I wanted it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, my barber tried to help me out. I basically wanted to be in the movie Brink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So um, I did find this. Did you see that there is a movie called or a, a song called Take Back the Radio by Katie J. Pearson. No. From last year. No. Let's take a listen to this because I don't know what it sounds like. Um, but I was just like, Take Back the Radio. What an interesting phrase. And I wondered if anybody else had used it. So this is Katie J. Pearson, Take Back the Radio. vintage feel to it yeah it feels like the who Katie J. Pearson. Uh, all right. Uh, jumping over into community, unless you have anything. No, man. I'm ready. What would be the last post on Jake T. O'Donnell's first list? Because he split his top 100 into two lists. This the, last the last post? Yeah. 49? 51. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your new aesthetic, Clarity 1999. I know I said get it faster was the pretend of what was going to come on Futures, but if you want to go even further back, you can look at your new aesthetic as the real spiritual grandfather of that angry, metal-inspired style. When you listen to the post-hardcore influences Jimmy Eat World had, like John Reese's bands or Fugazi, what the band was going for with your new aesthetic makes a lot more sense. This was about as close to that post-hardcore style as the band ever got on an official release. And did they ever rip it? Lyrically, the band had clearly been disillusioned with their experience at Capitol Records and how bands actually get famous. And that comes through in spades. And the song's stark overall message is summed up in the line over the final pre-chorus rush. Sing now while you can. I like that how he says that rush. Yeah. Uh, wise guy, um, he's the guy that posts about, uh, uh, he did that post on the music subreddit 
for people who have not experienced Jimmy Eat World, this is a starting point. He included your new aesthetic. Jimmy Eat World is still showing those punk slash emo roots with this track. Still a favorite played live, but the delivery is much cooler now with the all with all the fancy light work. Says wise guy um. And finally, uh, Charles Miller has the uh, poster project on Etsy, and he's got a your new aesthetic. Uh, wall art that looks terrific. It reminds me of the old JVC logo from the 80s. Oh, let's see it's this. It's basically like a, a a red to orange step gradient. Would that be what you call that? Like a. Well, let's see. Link me to it and I'll tell you. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, that would be. Uh, there, would, there we go. Uh, that would definitely be a uh, like a visible gradient. Yeah. A yeah. step gradient is a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it reminds me of the old JVC logo from the 80s. And uh, I love the work that Charles Miller does. Uh, you got any cool community stuff? I got a couple. Uh, one from recently, JG429. All-time favorite Jimmy song. No ties, no talking around it. What's your all-time favorite Jimmy song? I was trying to think of mine today. Very hard to do. Uh, and she decided on The World You Love, which uh, may or may not be coming up very soon. But Sergeant Donut <laughs> <laughs> had something to say. Uh, Roller Queen and the demo version of Your New Aesthetic just destroy me every time I play that EP. Those are both in my top three with Just Watch the Fireworks rounding out the mix. Uh, ten months ago, Table for Glasses 24 had uh, put a, an opinion post up. If you could substitute Tom Linton for one song, and then it goes on to make make a point of saying how how uh, good Jim is. However, what would you, you know, given this opportunity, what would you do? And think at 180 do, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think Nothing Wrong would be a great Tom song with Jim doing the backup vocals. The song itself is dark and moody, which fits yeah, Tom's style. Yeah, that would be a good one, yeah. Though I think replacing Jim on songs like Your New Aesthetic, Bleed American, Get It Faster, Futures, Just a Night, or any more rocky post-hardcore would lose its value. So I don't know about that. Um, Angela likes boys in that same thread says possibles get it faster your new aesthetic just tonight and pain and uh, table for glasses 24 has my exact spot damn I never thought about Tom singing pain it's hard to imagine a song without Jim (laughs) but that one might have worked out well I could hear him doing your new aesthetic though yeah totally it doesn't seem like it's in Jim's highest register no what did he say on this huh yeah, G4 and F sharp 4 are yeah. the notable high notes. Not his highest. Uh, let's see. Pathetic. Uh, that's what it was. Clarity, a self-post by Deleted two years ago. Uh, does anyone know the meaning of any song on Clarity? I've been listening to the album for like 20 years and I have no idea. No and- song, not one? <laughs> <laughs> BBJB131 steps up and says, the band did a track-by-track breakdown on an article during the 10-year anniversary. It seems to be lost in cyberspace as I can't find the article anywhere. I know Table for Glasses was inspired by performance art, and a lot of tracks, Your New Aesthetic, Believe in What You Want, Lucky Denver Mint, are about fame, show business, and the such. And then Well, they can find it right here on the podcast, not 25 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was the one you had? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, uh uh-huh. There it is. And let's see, where is it? Oh, yeah, this was the uh, JG429 Song of the Week, Your New Aesthetic. Um, Ella Bella Medella's submission. Oh. 
Uh, their take, I chose this song because when I was first listening to Clarity and not getting into it as much as I'd hoped, this was the song that I instantly enjoyed. Well, that and Blister, and yet it doesn't get mentioned much here. So much, so having missed Clarity Survivor, I'm interested to see how others see it. And let's see what other people say. Uh, your new aesthetic, <laughs> the username Your New Aesthetic, never heard of this song. Nicely played. <laughs> Uh, Siebs, one of my favorites. Love the live version when Jim and Tom exchange lines. Wish they did that more often. And what was the top comment on here? Uh, Fenris Graham. Hell yeah, sickest burn of the pop music industry ever. 10 out of 10. Seriously, Seriously, though, that is pretty much what the song is about. And I love it. Brilliant writing for frigging teenagers at the time. Thanks for bringing it up. And that's true, right? They're so young and talking about the, uh, the record industry so early in their career. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the last one was just a post from uh, Atera MPIW three years ago, just submitting that uh, Your New Aesthetic demo uh, and saying that they actually prefer this version to the album version. And then Dave McElfatrick says, This Roller Queen and Claire were soundtracks to when a friend and I would head to the dark hedges in Northern Ireland to drink at 3 a.m. in the summer when I was in college. I miss those times. It's a while that Don't you can have that song. One, one of three songs that uh, takes him back there. Dave McElfatrick. 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 And what have you linked to me? Sent to uh, me. So I have three performances of the song I was going to focus on. One is from Fishy Recordings. This is uh, September 27th. This wow. is 19 years ago yesterday. <laughs> um, Wild. And this is them performing in Kirksville, Montana in 2002. I had, uh, I was probably just about to start my job at Gap where I met Susie. Oh. <laughs> These uh, different vocal takes. Yeah. These melody lines are different. Cool. Love that. That's such a Jimmy World. Yeah. Board right there. Mm-hmm. 
those harms. Wow, they sound good, man. The harms. So they were swapping there the uh, the pre-chorus. <laughs> it was Tom Jim, and then it was Jim Tom. Yeah. Did you, did you happen to catch that? Was I was I listening I properly? Didn't, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Got another one here from the drive. Yes. Now this is from Clarity Live 2009. It was a show I was at. This is them celebrating their 10th anniversary of Clarity. They couldn't believe that everybody who didn't listen to it in 99 now wanted to see them play it live. Uh, This is also the same show that they were playing Goodbye Sky Harbor in quote-unquote full. Uh, They were playing a 12-minute version, I think it was. And uh, and yeah, great time. Uh, This, I forget where Clarity Live was recorded, um, but let's take a listen. All right, here we go. This one's your new aesthetic. I want to say this is at the Tempe show that I was at. Easy 
So everyone jump on And I miss you when you're just like them Yeah, damn <laughs> Definitely fit the the uh, the melody lines more than that uh, Fishy recordings The Fishy recordings was pretty cool to hear that though Singing yeah. a little bit lower, almost like the alternate uh, alternate melody or counter melody there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And a lot of it like just holding the root note and letting Tom yeah. kind of take the melody and yeah. hit all the harms on the way, hit all the harm branches on the way down. <laughs> so finally, is uh, your new aesthetic uh, from? I don't, I don't know when this is from. Just one of the most recent versions that they played it live, and it sounds really good. This version that we yeah. have, so. Yeah, so we would listen Wherever to we a got little from. bit of this. Okay, here we go. Lower in the standard in a process selective. The formula's too thin. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, chunky. But it takes more than one person, so everyone jump on. And we'll miss you when you're just like them. Imitate So deep. Oh, them. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that is the collection of live versions that I had for this. Do you have any covers? Uh, I got five that I picked. Um, one that we have to listen to. Absolutely have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want me to go through my five? Would you like me to? Please. Okay, here we go. Let's see. We will start. You know what? I'm going to end off with them. I'm going to start with this other uh, OGYBT3 
full band sounds great are my notes and let's see how this one sounds and the production value of this one's pretty he didn't good say Skeleton. I gave them all the way. This one is, oh, this is the morning chorus. We'll listen to a little bit of his. My notes, full band, one dude, sounds great. I was impressed by his uh, abilities here. Lowering the standard in the process selective. The formula's too thin. But it takes more than one person, so everyone jump on. I'll miss you when you're just like them. Imitate and water down. Oh, that compression is tight. Okay. Yeah. I remember back then thinking, easy come 
guy's voice. Pretty good, huh? So good, yeah, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, another one I was impressed with that was one dude. I'll tell you this: when I listened to this guy, uh, let me see if this is the guy. Uh, is this the gentleman? This was James Becca, full band, one dude, really rocking. Oh, this is what? Yeah, this is the one. I thought this was a play along. Process selective, the formula's too thin. But it takes more than one person, so everyone jump on. I'll miss you when you're just like that. Imitate and water down. Yeah, man, you found some good ones. Drum sound excellent. and done t-shirt on I did like okay. what they did with what James Becca did with uh, making giving a little bit more edge. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more of that that metal sound there that made it unique. Uh, okay, you got to just take a look. We'll, we'll 
look at a little bit of this one. This is a live band. Sounds fun, but keep your, keep your eye on the drummer in the back just to see. This guy is like just having a good old time back there. Pretending he is uh, Zach. I feel like that's how I would play drums, man. 110%. Gonna unleash the beast, man. It amazes me how much you can beat the crap out of drums, and <laughs> and aside from some tuning and probably some uh, adjustments later, they they will just keep on trucking. Oh yeah. Oh man. Uh, okay. Last one here. The Holophonics. I really enjoyed oh, yeah. this. Yeah, they always bring it, and this is uh, this is no exception here. So this is yeah the uh, your new aesthetic ska punk cover by the Holophonics. We're lowering the standard in a so good already. Yeah. The formula's too thin. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> but it takes more than one person, so everyone jump on. I miss you when you're just. Maybe they're gonna bring in some horns. Them. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take that bass line for a walk. Yeah. They, 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 they. Oh, 
takes more than one person So everyone jump on I'll miss you when you're just like them Yes So good <sighs> there, was some, there was something in the second verse I feel like the um, uh, When they picked it up If you will uh, oh, yeah. It sounded like Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. It was oh, pretty yeah? cool. Yeah. Bad guy, well, bad guy. I don't even know how it goes. <laughs> I have heard it, right? But <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know. Have you? Yeah. It's I kind of all over the place. Um Okay. Finally, uh I have a rave DJ. Did you make a rave DJ? No, no, no. I want to hear this. Okay. So I uh I was like, well, let me see what I can contribute. Uh, to this episode, and I came up with Jimmy Eat World, Your Aesthetic New, and I basically took the demo and the uh, Clarity version and mashed Sweet. them up. So let's take a listen to what it sounds like. Jimmy Eat World, Your Aesthetic New. Lowering the standards <laughs> in the process selective the formulas to thin But it takes more than one person so everyone jump on say it works it works for the most part yeah the theming yeah. is right <laughs> kind of like it, it seems like it jumps a little bit of a key uh for right, that yeah. that chorus but it's Boring not cursed the standards. <laughs> it sounded like it even slowed down as he was saying it yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> justin what are your final thoughts on the song your new aesthetic i'm glad we get to take a, a deeper look into it because it is such a quick jam in between lucky denver mint and uh, believe in what you want. So I'm glad we were able to look at it um, and analyze it a little more closely. I didn't realize that it's got that sweet chorus way at the end of the song. Um, it's it's a winner, man. It's a banger. I like it. What about you? Yeah, I agree. This is one of those songs that is quintessential. Have to listen to when you listen to the album all the way through. This is the one that you are like li- like uh, humming as soon as uh, it's time. And then you're humming the next song when it's time. So uh, I love when albums flow together like that. And the timing on this track is just terrific and really sells that loud, bombastic thing that uh, we don't get a lot of on Clarity, but I think yeah. it really works here. So um, there it is. Um, if you find that you have a friend who's trying something new, just remember to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes!